The following transmission contains unencrypted instances of explicit language. Shall we begin? Smiley is a suspicious person. You won't know who to trust. Let's begin. Welcome back, fellow spy nerds. It's another episode of the Spies Like Us podcast with... Uh, That's the podcast where uh, we're overthinking what we're saying because we're on video and that just fucking changes everything. Now, this is just a test video, but uh, we're going to we're going to we're going to nail it. We're going to nail it. Um, But I can already feel it. I can feel the fucking camera looking at me, even though I'm not looking at my face. It's fucking weird. The Spies Like Us podcast is the podcast where we discuss the representation of tradecraft on screens large and small. I'm Todd with me as always. Am I pointing in the right direction? We'll find out. Uh, is, <laughs> <laughs> we'll find out in post. Are you over yeah. there? Are you over there? I don't know. Uh, it's it's Dave. What up? How you doing? I'm doing great, dude. Uh, tell us what, you, what we're going to talk about this week. Uh, we're talking about Red Sparrow, starring Jennifer Lawrence. Yeah, this is a recommend. We're we're pulling a recommendation from our audience. Uh, this was uh, it's John. Let me make sure it's John. Yeah, John Vallagi or Vallagi. Don't know. Don't know the exact pronunciation on that. But I want to thank him for bringing this one to our attention because I really think we were sleeping on this, and it was a much different movie and a much better movie than what we were expecting. Wouldn't you agree? Way better. Uh, yeah. I think we talked about this last time that um, <clears throat> I, I think I got through 10 minutes and gave up. Uh, and I think it was because of the accents were so like annoying. <laughs> you, 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 you were not a hundred percent sure whether or not you'd seen the film. It turns out I didn't. Okay. Uh, I, yeah. And um, I think I confused the end of atomic blonde with this. Uh, and uh yeah, it, it turned out to be a lot better than I expected. Agreed, 100%. This is a fairly recent film. It's 2018, based on a 2013 novel by former CIA officer Jason Matthews. Uh, this is a work, work of fiction with a time period that isn't quite established. I saw one reviewer describe it as an alternate dimension where it's simultaneously 1968 and 2018. <laughs> That's pretty funny. Um, because it does seem, and I mean, they make a point though. There's one character that makes a point of pointing it out. That's matron at the school that, uh, Oh, they say the cold war is over. Oh, it's not over. Um, so the cold war does seem to be like active in this movie in a way that it kind of isn't, uh, or, or wouldn't make, exact sense with the kind of technology and time period that we're looking at. But uh, I'm going to go ahead. I thought about it. I'm going to call this 2005. Um, that's, that's my, that's my best guess. Cause I see that they have burner cell phones, but they don't have touch screens yet. <clears throat> yeah. And um, Putin, uh, president, president of, of Russia, Putin is, uh, not in the movie, although he was in the book. So that's another clue. Well, it's sort of a clue on time period. Not a very good clue because that guy's been 
in power for a very fucking long time at this point. I think we all agree. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. Um, featured agencies are the SVR and CIA. Let's let's run our alphabet soup test real quick. Uh, it's a great time to quiz Dave. Dave, how well do you know your Russian spy agencies? Post KGB. Uh-huh. All right. Um, what what what? There's three. There's the FSB, the SVR, and the GRU. Can you can you can you tell me the equivalents that that they might have to American and or British? Agencies. Well, I'm, I'm, yeah, I'm pretty sure the KGB became the SVR later, and that's like the CIA equivalent. And if I recall correctly, the FSB is the FBI. I'm not quite sure what the GRU is. That's military uh, intelligence. Oh, I see. I see. All right. Would be equivalent to our DIA. Mm. Right. Um, I thought, I mean, I. Uh, it's the SVR, again, that's featured here. Uh, which does seem appropriate for the kind of ops they're doing. I do think at the very beginning, uh, which we're going to, well, I guess we'll be a while before we get to the briefing room, but just to mention that at the very beginning, when they are uh, looking at the footage of the Gorky Park incident, uh, that that would have been probably the FSB, that would have landed on their desk first, them being like the internal security, right? Because they're just, that was just some vice cops looking for, Drug dealers and homosexuals in the park bushes. Yeah. Um, Un-Russian activities, you might call it. Right. <laughs> but, but, but they weren't looking for spies. So, but it, at, in the end, I thought, well, it probably went through the FSB and then at some point came to the attention of the SVR. So we'll give them a pass on that. We don't need the movie to be super complicated in that respect. Um now we liked it. Critics and audiences. Now, I'm not going to say I loved it, um, but I get the feeling, just looking at some reviews and some some audience ratings, that we like it a bit more than the general public. Um, it was received pretty coolly, and wouldn't have made its budget back if it wasn't for uh, international ticket sales. Oh, okay. So it did well overseas. Did well did did well overseas. That's where it that's where it really made its its profits. Um Jennifer Lawrence, as you say, and I mean possibly part of the problem with the profitability angle is that uh she took uh reports are between fifteen and twenty million for starring in this movie. Uh, which depending on how you slice it, that, that could be as much as one third of the budget. Uh, yeah. <laughs> well, she was yeah. kind of the biggest name. It looked like she was, she was, yeah. this is however. Okay. So I think it's, I mean, it, I think it's American hustle where everyone stood up and took notice in 2013. Oh, and, her? yeah, Absolutely. And then she did Hunger Games, and that kind of put her on the, the right. main mainstream, you know, attention. In the in the meantime, yeah, she's definitely like still uh, fulfilling her contract, finishing off uh, various X Men and Hunger Games movies. Uh, but yeah. I don't really, I don't really see her like coming back to our attention as like a, a magnetic 
ultra movie star until possibly don't look up from last year, which you saw. I haven't. Oh, it was great. Yeah. That was like right up my alley. <laughs> how, 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 how much, how that's a kind of a, um, it's an ensemble cast, right? Sort of. Yeah. Know. How yeah, much of it like, is she in? Quite a bit. It's her and Leo are like the main characters. <clears throat> oh, okay. Awesome. I would call them both supporting characters to each other. Like, I don't really think one of them was more maybe Leo, but I mean, it seemed like it was them. And then, yeah, it was an ensemble cast. Like everybody was in it for the most part. (laughs) All right, cool. Um, I, I feel uh, personally, I feel like I just can't mention Jennifer Lawrence without uh, recommending to people her very first role, which is a movie called Winter's Bone. Uh, I know she got like a um, uh, Best Actress nomination for it. At the time, I think she was the, uh, that was, she's only 20 years old. I think she was like, at the time, only one of three, one of the three youngest women to ever get a nomination. But uh, Winter's Bone, really, really, really good movie. Um, check it out. Uh, the director... <laughs> The director here is Francis Lawrence. I'm assuming, as far as I know, no relation. Um, but he is uh, also known as the director of Constantine, which I didn't see, but... Uh, I did. It was awful. But that's when Tilda Swinton played Gabriel. And she's okay. mm. the best actress ever. So... Uh, <laughs> If there's any reason to see that movie, it's the two minutes that you see Tilda Swinton for at the end of the film. <laughs> I only ever heard one person ever talk about it, and that was Mike, and he actually really liked it. Oh, uh, really? <laughs> but, uh, um, but yeah, but he has, he's no stranger to directing Jennifer Lawrence as he did three of the Hunger Game movies with her. Oh, oh okay. That's probably why she got cast for this then. I remember when the the advertising for this came out, I was really excited. I was like, oh, my God, J-Law is playing a spy in a spy film. I'm really, really excited for this. And then the reviews came back from, like, my friends and the critics, and it came back really bad. And I was like, oh, okay. But I'm glad we did it on the show because I I actually enjoyed it. I had the same – I had the same – I had pretty much the same experience. When I first saw the, the ads, I was like, let's go. Let's do Atomic yeah. Blonde, but with Jennifer Lawrence. Um, but then it just kind of, I don't know. I didn't, there was not enough hype around it or anything for me to actually get my butt out to, right. to the theaters. <laughs> um, clearly now uh, there is a decent amount of nudity and um, expl- I don't how do I say it? Not explicit, but uh, well, let's say very implicit highly charged uh sexual uh stuff going on in here including some rape scenes um yeah there was like a couple rape scenes yeah i was uh they kind of shoved it in your face at the beginning and then let up on it later i i think when we talked about this i had mentioned it felt to me like this movie was going in multiple different directions Mm -hmm. because it starts out with you know, she's she's she loses her place as like the star ballerina and then is basically used as a sexual tool to like manipulate like a you know, VIP type. She gets raped, then she gets sent to school where they rape her, 
and teach her how to be like, you know, basically a seductress. And then some dude tries to rape her. And then all of a sudden it switches gears into something else. And then it does switches gears again. And it, and it's not until the big twist in the end that I really was like, okay, this is what they wanted to do the whole time. You know, I, I just kind of felt like they were message wise, not like tradecraft wise, but like this was, this is what they wanted. And then it would change and then they do it again. And then they do it again. And then I'm like, okay, what's going on? And then it ended and I was like, oh, okay. It's the twist. Right. Uh, so here's, here's my, here's my thought on the, like the sexual aspect of this film. Um, I feel like it's necessary to set her up to hate her uncle as much as she does, which turns out to be like what the whole film spins around. But at the end of the day, I mean, yeah, some terrible shit happens to her, but at the end of the day, she comes across as being so like empowered you know, like maintaining her, her, uh, her female inner strength, you know, and especially in the way that she confronts her bully in the classroom, uh, kind of situation that, um, it's not that I wanted to see her get broken. Like, it's not like I wanted to watch, like watching her get more broken down by this weird sex shit wouldn't have been pleasant for me, but it would have given the film a little more integrity in that aspect. I kind of feel like they, they set it up, but, and I don't know. I feel like I kind of read that in some of the critic reviews too, that um, it's just, it's just kind of odd uh, in that like, way. That's what I'm saying. Like it started out with all of this, like kind of sexual assault and that was like the tone and then it switches the tone. So it like from like an ethos or like a pathos type of perspective, I was really confused for most of the movie as to like what they wanted us to think or feel because they kept setting up us to feel and think certain things. And one of those things was right from the get go. It's, it's about, you know, a woman being a tool for the man and like the government and like, you know, with, with all the sexual assault she goes through and then being used as a tool for sex. I thought that's what the movie was about. And then it completely changes. And then I was like, okay, well, I guess now she's learning how to be a, a really good assassin. You know, it like it's tone wise. It kind of switched so many times that I was really confused until the end. And I was like, Oh, this is, this is what they wanted the whole time, which was like, you know, getting back at uncle. You know, it's, a, it's interesting. You, you just use the word assassin because that's what I was expecting from the film. Um, yeah. but, but she's actually fielded as, as, you know, an intelligence gathering agent and, right, yeah, you know, yeah, yeah. um, she's, uh, but she's specially trained to use sex toward that end. Um, so it can't, I mean, I feel like we can't, uh, fail to mention that this was right after, uh, Jennifer Lawrence's like nude photo, her personal nude photos had been leaked. So, you know, do you remember that in the news? Yeah, I remember that. That was a big deal, and she was not happy about it. She was very not happy about it. So, (laughs) you know, in interviews, she said, obviously, that was a huge factor uh, in her talking to the director. And 100%, I mean, it's got to be the fact that she's worked with this director like three times before. So, you know, they have a working relationship, and they can have this conversation and be really honest with each other about, like, 
you know, her, her limits and stuff. But, you know, in the end, she said that she didn't want that photo leak experience as traumatizing as it was for her and legitimately fucked up uh, to dictate her creative choices in her career. So I think she kind of went into this one, like a little willfully uh, just to kind of like in the same, see in the same kind of way that Dominica kind of does in the movie to like, like flaunt her sexuality and her nakedness in a way that says like, no, it's not you that have power over me. It's me that has power over you. Yeah. Uh, cause, yeah. Cause that's really, that's really coming from like Jennifer Lawrence's mindset approaching this movie. It sounds like to me, um, she is really good in the film. Uh, that's one thing that, uh, critics and audiences, I mean, that's pretty much, I mean, even people that hated the film said, well, you know, J-Law was fucking awesome in it. Everything else was trash. Yeah. Like that's, that's, the, <laughs> that's the worst, the worst review of the movie that you can find is like, everything was trash, but J-Law was awesome. Um, so yeah. So yeah, that's her. Uh, Joel Edgerton is uh, an actor. I keep hearing his name. I seem to just keep dodging his body of work. Uh, the only thing that I see uh, from him that I know him from, and I wouldn't have, I wouldn't have even clocked him uh, were it not for IMDb, was that he played the Lord in The Green Knight. Oh yeah, yeah, that was yeah, that's right. That was great. A movie that we both are huge boosters of. Yeah, <laughs> um, I think he. I remember seeing him and Will Smith did that Future Cop buddy movie where he's an orc. I think Joel Edgerton plays an orc. It's on Netflix. Okay. All right. It's a cop buddy movie. I remember seeing billboards of it. I didn't watch it though, but it was like a buddy cop movie. The idea is there's like orcs and shit and Joel Edgerton's an orc. And it's like him and Will Smith. It was weird. Okay. (laughs) That's, that's what I know his name from. It's just seeing billboards. (laughs) Um, Jeremy Irons, another name. A uh, apparently much loved actor that again, like it just seems like I have personally managed to dodge for most of my life. Uh, and uh, looking at his body of work, uh, when I've seen him, I never uh, recognized him or got excited about him. But um, I can count three. I can count three movies that I've seen him in, and I cannot tell you what character he played in any of them. Um, those being Die Hard with a Vengeance. Kingdom of Heaven and Assassin's Creed. You, oh, you might know him from the Justice League movies. I think he has a big part in those. Do you know who he mm-hmm. was in the Justice League movies? I don't. Let's check it. Um, who is? Oh, I'm pulling him. Oh, he was Alfred. Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. Okay, and and in this one, he's is it was he the Adm- admiral in Red Sparrow? Uh, I think it's a general, but yeah, or, yeah he's, 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 mar- he's marble with the glasses. Oh, okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. He was great. I don't know what that one reviewer was talking about. I, I thought all the acting was really good in this. Oh, you know what? Hey, by the way, the guy that plays uh, uh, Ivan, Dominica's uh-huh. uncle, uh, uh-huh. I thought he was like pretty fucking spot on mesmerizing. One big thing I kept thinking is like, why has this guy not been tapped to be a Bond villain? <laughs> um, I think I would put him on my short list. 
Uh, oh, absolutely. I think, would, I think he would be a fantastic Bond villain. Um, and and that guy, now that we're talking about him real quick, uh, okay, like, he does look like a certain someone, right? Mm-hmm. Oh, he, he looks just like Putin. He looks just like him. Yeah, it's it's weird. He really does. Uh, the the director says that that wasn't the intention, and that he didn't even notice the similarity uh, between them until like he saw him on camera. Like he said, he didn't. Uh-huh. He, which I don't know. That's just fucking weird to me. <laughs> I can't imagine. <laughs> I can't imagine not thinking that I'm not actually picking that up. Yeah, <laughs> I I can't imagine not thinking that I'm talking to fucking Putin. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> if I met that guy. Right. <laughs> uh you mentioned the um you mentioned the uh you didn't like the accents. You know, that's something I, you know, some people I'll hear complaints about. I have never personally uh sat in a movie and said like, oh that's a shitty accent. Because I guess I just don't have a great ear for it. Uh right. but but uh I guess you didn't like hers. No. Uh do you think Irons and Karen Hines pulled it off? I don't know. Uh oh her like uncle? Yeah. I, I think he did it. Yeah. I mean he he actually is Russian, right? Actually no. Oh he's Belgium. <laughs> right. So okay. the funny thing is here. The funny thing to me is here that like None of the Russian characters are played by Russians. Uh, <laughs> and the main American character is not played by an American. <laughs> uh, Joel Edgerton being Australian. Um, oh, I didn't know that. Yeah. Yeah. Me neither. I guess. I don't know. I Australians definitely, I seem to be able to mask their accents really well. And, and yeah, like, I think, I think it's it's difficult for an American to do an Australian accent, but apparently, like Australian people have no problem doing American accents whatsoever. Yeah, like, isn't <laughs> Nicole Kidman is Australian, right? Yeah, yeah. Uh, okay, so yeah, so that's uh, uh, there's that, and then um, some repeat performances. We got we got a couple notable ones. Uh, Kieran Hines, I finally. Uh, did the work of finding out how to pronounce his name because the way it's spelled is, is a tough one, right? This is the one that's yeah. spelled like C-A-R-A-N. Um, but yeah, it's a really simple pronunciation. It's just Karen. Uh, he now joins the three-peat club along with Robert Redford and Michael Lonsdale, if I'm not mistaken. Who, who is he? Kieran Hines plays the head of the SVR. Uh, this uh, we know him. We remember him also from Tinker Tailor Soldier Spy. Oh, he's the he's that he's that stony faced guy. Yeah, 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 yeah. Hair. Yeah, I'm looking at a pic. Yeah, I definitely have seen him in a ton of stuff and didn't realize. Right, and we have him from Tinker Tailor from Munich, and then now uh-huh. on this film. Yeah, and uh, right. Mary Louise Parker uh, is also a repeat performance, having also uh, graced our podcast reviews uh, for her portrayal of Bruce Willis's love interest in the movie Red. 
Oh, she's the one that reads all the romance novels and and just wanted to get pulled. To, yeah, I remember her. That's the one. Small role in this film, but, you know, yeah. she shows up. She shows up for it. Uh-huh. Um, park bench check. Unfortunately, even though we had a great opportunity because there was a park, there was a meeting in a park, but they did not sit in on a bench. This movie does not pass the basic does it have a <laughs> in it a park bench scene in it <laughs> test no <laughs> we had like a pool uh, scene that was about it that, that really uh, wouldn't count anyway because there wasn't like an information trade yeah there was one I, I think there maybe was a scene in a bar that I thought might have slightly qualified but no 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 no, no park yeah. benches in this movie uh, missed opportunity because there was a park there was a yeah. meeting in a park. So, yeah. But uh, that said, that's all the context I have for the film. And it's time for bum, 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 briefing room. Retinal scan complete. Validating security clearance. Clearance granted. You may now enter the briefing room. David, what I want to do here um, in the briefing room, I want to try to run through as much of the story, like without Dominica in it as we can. And then, and then circle back and insert her back into the story because she is in the end, like she's a disruptor character. Yeah. Uh-huh. I mean, there's a spy story kind of going on here and then mm-hmm. she comes along and gets inserted into it, but then with her own special secret agenda. So mm-hmm. uh, let's, let's start just by talking about Nate and Marble and uh uh you know our movie episodes are always um chock full of spoilers a lot of times i like to work the plot backwards you know uh-huh. instead of trying to walk through and like imagine all the places where we didn't have certain information and then we do you know we want to talk about it like we have all the information now we're going to talk about it we're going to discuss it does it all make total sense so but this one requires a massive spoiler warning cuz this movie's got some great twists and turns, so I'll give you, I'll give you guys like a, a five count to get out of here and run if that's gonna fuck it up for you. And that's five, four, three, two, one. Jeremy Irons is Marvel. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Let's get it out of the way for now. <laughs> which is a, which is a great twist. Um, the movie starts out with a little bit of Nate's. Oh, and let's also name name our major characters. Uh, Nate is our CIA guy. Mm-hmm. Uh, Dominica is Jennifer Lawrence. Uh, and Ivan is her uncle. Everyone else I think we can basically refer to as like by their roles or by their actor names. Mm-hmm. Uh, but you need to know those three names. So movie starts out with Nate getting a coded message from his contact... Uh, and we do not find out until the end of the movie what a valuable contact he's got. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, I, I mean, for a lot of the movie, I was just thinking like it could, I mean, it's just anybody. It could be some paper pushing clerk that's got some uh, access to a Xerox machine. And yeah, they definitely downplayed to sell it. secrets. Yeah, yeah they definitely no, they downplayed did. it. Yeah. They did. <laughs> um, yeah, there was a point like two thirds through the movie. I wrote down a note of my uh, for myself saying like you know it really seems like we've completely forgotten about marble at this point uh-huh. uh but then by the you get to the end of the movie and like no the movie did not forget about marble at all. 
um yeah he's 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 really important uh both to the plot and and the story um so yeah so nate he's working in moscow i i think it's moscow it's definitely russia gorky park is in moscow right I I'm not an expert on Russian parks, but uh, let's, it's let's, somewhere in Russia. Let's just let's, say it's Moscow. <laughs> let's hope it is. Yeah. Um, he he gets a coded message uh, telling him that uh, his contact Marble wants to meet him in Gorky Park, presumably to like pass on some information. Uh, Got to stop and talk about the technique that he gets the message through. He gets a phone call. He says this is a tech or the phone operator automated message computer voice i think says this is a test of the phone lines or something and then it starts reading out uh different words uh in different voices you know oh so it's that's like, right yeah 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 you know so it's like oscar petrov beautiful uh, you know just un- unrelated words but he's writing down the first letter of each of the words and then he wraps it around a stick in a certain way um, and this is, I don't know how to pronounce it, but I can spell it. It's called a, it's, it's a Cytale. It's a S C Y T A L E, uh, encryption uh, method. And it is, uh, a very, very weak encryption method, <laughs> uh, by the way. Oh, they um, showed this at the spy museum when I went in DC. Oh, they had they one might of these. Have. And uh-huh. it was like considered one of the oldest ways of ciphering. Ancient Greece. It's been yeah. around since uh, they used to burn the letters into, into leather strips. Mm-hmm. Um, so, yeah. So this encryption method is not going to fool anyone. And should, <laughs> should we, we should tag some minus spy points. It kind of looks cool, but honestly, this is the sort of thing that you do in like junior high school and think, yeah. <laughs> and think that you're being clever. Yeah. I, so I'm looking at Skitelli. Skitelli. Yeah. Skitelli. I think is, is how it's pronounced. Skitelli. All right. Skitelli, skit, something like that. I think. Uh, but yeah, I remember this. They had the leather wrapping at the Spy Museum, and you get to see like the cool message. Um, but he writes it on a notebook, and I guess it's a specific width. And then he wraps it around a pencil. But yeah, you're right. This is like something like the teacher shows you, you know, like the old lemon disappearing ink reappearing ink trick right and when you first heard about that in fifth grade you were like oh my god i'm gonna send so many secret messages with this (laughs) and then like you know because your little fifth year old brain doesn't realize that you don't actually have any fucking secrets that anybody cares about (laughs) (laughs) you just end up like sending a dick to your friend or something (laughs) (laughs) nice um but yeah uh go down uh looks like you got some notes on uh what happens in gorky park when nate tries to meet with his uh, with his contact yeah um uh like, like so we still don't know um marble at this point we just see nate and he meets with someone in the park and then the police show up and um the police stop Marble, uh, and what Nate does to protect Marble is start shooting his gun so that they come after him. 
and Marble can get away free. Nate runs to the nearest, I guess, American embassy and, and they, they take him in, you know, and, and he's CIA, obviously they like bring him in. Um, I, I wanted to mark this as my number three worst trade craft. I, I actually kind of had a little bit of difficulty picking some worsts. Um, I, I marked this as like super realistic because a lot of times when you see uh, like spy films or con or just spy content in general, and they meet at a park in the middle of the night um, and, and they pick like a specific place, you know, a lot of these places that would be a nice hidden place are places that drug dealers deal drugs and prostitutes sell their bodies, you know, or like if it's like the, like somewhere in Russia where homosexuality is very illegal or whatever, uh, or back then, like, you know, that would be the place that the the homosexual prostitution would happen, would be in a dark park where nobody goes at night. So if you're vice and you've like caught a couple people, you're going to find out, well, this is the place, this is the park you go to if you're trying to get like a prostitute or some drugs, right? So um, I marked, that's really cool because we never saw this in a movie. But then going over my list of best and worst, Marble and Nate, are very especially marble who's like very high up has to be one of the best at tradecraft right because he's kept himself a secret this whole time being like a huge like high up mole right and and nate has obviously been overseas before undercover i i would hope that um these veteran type uh agents or officers or whatever would be aware that hey this is where the sex happens so Vice is probably going to show up. But again, we needed the movie to start and we needed a reason for this whole event where like Nate leaves and has you're, to come back. You're right. Thing. You're right. Yeah. I think they, I think they even, I didn't triple check on this, but I think they even made the handoff after the headlights had come on and they were oh, totally <laughs> visible by a car, which honest, I mean, granted, they don't know who it is, but yeah. that just, yeah, you're right. You're right. Um, I, I, I didn't, I didn't like that. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. I, 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 I really liked that they had Vice pick them up at a place where drug deals and prostitution happen, because that's where that happens at the dead of night, the places that nobody goes. And Vice is going to pick up on that. But then I also wanted to mark it as my worst tradecraft, even though it's super realistic that spies of this caliber should have known this is where the prostitution happens and the drug deals happen. Spies of this caliber should be using dead drops. They shouldn't even be seen together. Right. Yeah. 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 You know? uh, Yeah, exactly. Or a cutoff or something like that. Yeah. (laughs) Right. Um, So that's, that's our initial scene. We won't see Nate for a large uh, part of the movie for almost like another third of the movie, except in little bits or something, but (laughs) Um, next up, we've got the, uh, the SVR who apparently, so this has come to the attention of the SVR again, Karen Hines is playing the director of the SVR, uh, Dominica's uncle Ivan is the, you know, his second in command, the deputy director. I'm was never quite clear why the general, why Jeremy Irons was involved in this at all. Mm. Uh, it seems like, you know, as a general, he well, I, I guess as a general, you could do whatever the fuck you want. Um, <laughs> but it just, I, I, I wasn't, I'm not sure what his role is, uh, uh, but clearly he seems like, you know, a, a big heavy hitter. 
uh, kind of guy. Um, now they're looking at the footage. They're showing it to Ivan saying like, here we got, this is evidence. Like there's a mole in our organization because we know that uh, the man in the park, the unknown man in the park was meeting with a known CIA agent. And that's why like, even, you know, this incident like might've been passed off or, or somehow like, you know, come to the FSB's notice and then somehow like either the SVR noticed that and it, you know, it got passed up to the SVR somehow. That's fine. Yeah. Um, but my question is if, if they, well, my question is if not, if Nate is a known CIA, why isn't he under constant surveillance? Oh, that's a good point. Another reason why they should have a dead drop or a cutoff. <laughs> right. Well, yeah. And also it's just, it's just my, uh, it's my uh, uninformed, untechnical understanding, mostly from movies, but partly from the news too, is that like, if you're CIA in Moscow and they know you're CIA, they have guys on you 24 fucking seven. Yeah. You know? Um, I mean, they, they had that team of six guys on uh, uh, the the Russian guy, Nava something, uh, like following him around for nine months, just ready to, you know, kill him at the moment Putin snapped his fingers. So yeah. like the Russians, the Russians are just known as like not being shy about like throwing manpower <laughs> onto surveillance. Yeah. Um, and there's no... I also looked at it like, is there any way they could have figured out he was CIA after the incident? And and there wasn't. So I don't just give it a little minus five points there. There would be a little dribbles here. And most of my minus five points are, are uh, run of the mill, small issues uh, with the movie. Um, overall, I think it's, it's, it's pretty dope. Um, I do. Okay. I know we're, we're in briefing room and this maybe doesn't, belong here and should have been mentioned before, but this is the right time to say it. Uh, okay. So it's Jeremy Irons is playing the general general Corknoy, And he, we will find out at the end of the movie. He is the mole. He is marble. I totally blew my load when I looked at this scene again you know, because uh, I wanted to go back at it and look at it again, knowing that Jeremy Irons is marble. And there's such a hugely cool tell here where he, you know, he's looking at the same footage they are. And he says, my question is, who is he? And then he pulls his right hand up and takes a big drag off of his cigarette. And the next cut in the movie is showing the grainy CCTV, CCTV footage of the park where the man is in the exact same angle, using the exact same motion, drawing a pull off a cigarette partially to like conceal his face. And so it was just like great, cool plus director points. I love this kind of stuff um, that just kind of subconsciously tells you because, because it's the same guy he's saying like, who is he? Well, it's you, asshole. And, 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 the, and the director's using just purely visual language to give us that clue. But it's so, you know, we, there's no reason for us to suspect at that point. Like that, that idea that it's him in the footage, 
is nowhere close to crossing our minds at this point. Yeah. So the director can do something that fucking stunningly obvious when you look at it in hindsight. Uh, but instead of us like saying like, Oh, I, I see what you're doing there. Uh, it's just, maybe it's, it's implanted subconsciously, or maybe it's just like a cool little Easter egg that the director is chuckling to himself in the, in the editing room and saying, yeah. like, ha ha ha. I'm so fucking clever. <laughs> um, <laughs> And and that uh, actually, I finally made my very first submission to imdb.com. I I put that in trivia. I'm still waiting to hear if they're approving uh, my write up of it. Uh, but but you know, as someone during this podcast that has become like such a big fan of IMDb and relies on IMDb so much, like this one was the first one that I figured. I feel like. I was the one that figured it out and <laughs> just, uh, I, I just had to, I just had to make my first submission. So, uh, we'll see if they take it. Absolutely. I, um, I, hope, I hope they approve it. Cause that's, that's really cool that they put that in the film. I think it's great. When, uh, the embassy takes in Nate and they send him back home, he's meeting with his higher ups, uh, about everything that happened. Um, and he wants to go back and they obviously don't want to send him back. Um, cause you know, a, a lot of stuff's been blown. Um, but he, he's saying, look, my guy won't work with anybody else. Uh, and you, you got to send me back. And, and then within like a few minutes, he like convinces them to send him back. Um, I wanted to mark this as my number two worst trade craft. Just the fact that it was too easy for him. Like he's, he's already kind of blown um, the connection between him and someone. Um, his face is probably on every system anywhere that the Russian intelligence agencies have reach. Right. Uh, clearly he's even before when they said that he's a known CIA agent, he's now a very important CIA agent where Russian intelligence probably has him on a must find list so they can get information off of him. Um, so I would feel it'd be very high risk to send him back. Um, I, I understand like his argument that the guy doesn't trust anybody, especially in like a, you know, communist country, you know, and or especially at, at the level this guy is at. As, and at the level will, this guy is at. Right. We don't know that at the time, but we'll find that out later. Yeah, that, that guy's not going to work with anybody else and that it's going to be difficult for the CIA to reestablish communications with him. But, uh, yeah, um, I just thought it was too easy for him to go back. And I know we needed to move the story along because it's already like, what, two hours and 20 minute film? I didn't, I didn't catch the, I didn't catch the uh, length actually. I kind of yeah. watched it in pieces. Oh, okay. Yeah. Um, uh, I like it. Just it just felt to me that one he shouldn't have gone back, and if he did, they needed to like really put on like high security for him, so that some random assassin couldn't show up at his house and torture him. <laughs> uh, no, uh, it, it's 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 just uh, I, I I don't know I I didn't, I didn't like it, and um, even though I get like story wise why why it needed to happen. Sure. Um, I mean, so his, I don't know, his pitch to the CIA anyways, is that like, 
you put me, you don't put me back in Russia. That would be too obvious. Mm. But you, if you right. put me in an adjacent region, yeah. somewhere where like maybe the eyes are not as um, um, scrutinous or something. Hey, nice word. I like it. Uh, <laughs> so Budapest, you know. Yeah. Uh, let me just let me just show up and go swimming and flash my pretty face around Budapest. And right. uh, if, if they are really looking for me, then the, the SVR will notice that. And if the SVR notices that I'm in Budapest, then marble will also notice and make contact. That's his best idea. I uh, guess it kind of works, but, right. but I agree with, I agree with you that, um, you know, they're not taking, all the precautions I would like them to, if this was the a story, but we we're, we're also, I mean, we're on the same page here. Like this is such the like B story. It's important B story. You know, it plays into everything, but it's not super important. The movie nails down every fucking detail about this operation. It's just important that we know the basics. And, and so that's cool. And why, uh, although I criticize the tradecraft, it doesn't reduce my enjoyment of the movie. Um, No, no, no. Yeah. Uh, he's correct, by the way, at least in, in the terms of this movie, the Russians do notice. Um, yeah. and so, uh, and, and, and I like the Russians, the Russians in this movie are definitely not played as fools. Uh, no. even, even there's, there's a couple times, and this is one, uh, when they see something that like looks a little fishy, they say, okay, we'll maybe bite it, nibble at the hook, but we're going to do it with precautions. Yeah. Uh, and in this case, uh, this precaution is that they're going to uh, use a newly fledged sparrow, Dominica, uh, and give her the job of going to Budapest to use her sexual wiles to get into his pants and get him to tell her all his secrets and, and I don't know, flip him or something. I don't know. Get him. They wanted, they wanted her to get the name of the mole. If I recall correctly. Right. So I guess she could accomplish that either by just getting close enough to him that she could rifle through his papers when he's not looking or maybe, uh, maybe even try to psychologically flip him. Yeah. Um, you know, both of those could be options. Um, so yeah, but, uh, so Dominica, you know, enters Nate's life in that way, but I want to finish out some notes on Nate and marble, uh, just a few before we go back and talk about Dominica, who's of course the main character of our story. Yeah. Um, now also, I mean, Nate was also correct, and Marble is sensibly has dropped off the radar. Like, he's not going to try to, you know, uh, contact Nate for what seems like possibly months, I could imagine, before he tries to attempt contact again. And that time, uh, he sends, uh, uh, you know, Nate another coded message, again, using the antiquated encryption method, uh, but this time wants to meet in Vienna. Uh, and we don't get to see, uh, Nate and marble meeting in Vienna, but when Nate returns from that meeting, he's got information fingering Dominica as a sparrow, uh, basically saying like, Hey, just so you know, uh, that 
pretty lady that you met at the pool is SVR. I already mentioned, uh, you know, that a bunch of other stuff happens. Uh, and it seems like Marvel kind of diminishes in importance in the movie in a way that I found kind of weird because I, and I, I think at the end of the day, that's kind of one of the flaws in the movie is like, you're not sure what you're supposed to be paying attention to. You like, some things seem really important and then just seem to be dropped for a while. Uh, but uh, eventually near the end of the movie, he will reveal himself to Dominica and say, and tell her that he's marble, that he's the mole. I didn't like him doing that. We've had some recent conversations about spies just basically like sacrificing themselves on the altar for the greater cause. Uh, generally, I'm anti that kind of behavior. Um, maybe it's just because it's not something I would do. Um, to me, it just felt like a, a, a story trick of the movie to tell the audience, like to give the to let the audience know that Dominica knows who the real mole is, which will become important. Um, so I'm not trying to be super critical of his decision to, you know, uh, get up on that cross. Uh, I did. I mean, I did kind of well, enjoy that. The, the plan wasn't just for the greater good, right? Wasn't he going to have her out him so she could right. become the new mole, right? Yeah. Yeah, because they're already on the hunt for him. He's getting old. He's already kind of had his life. And, like, his idea is, like, you could out me, and then you'll be the hero, and then you can take my place, right? But you're right. It's very important that she learns his identity here for later. Right. Yeah. Um. So, yeah. I mean, that's pretty much, like, Marble's life story as it would have gone through if it hadn't been for Dominica coming through and being the chaos agent disruptor that she turns out to be. Um, you know, it would have just been a story about uh, Nate and Marble having a close call, waiting several months, reestablishing contact in Vienna, and then everything would have been back to business as usual. That's not the story we're going to get. The reason is Dominica. So let's restart the movie uh, where where we see her come in and and talk about her situation, starting with uh, uh, her uh, interrupted career as a ballerina. Can you take over for me a little bit here? Yeah, it starts out establishing her as like a very well-known ballerina, like probably like a top ballerina, which I guess is a big deal. Um, but then in the middle of her performance, her partner drops her or she falls and breaks her leg, needs surgery, and she's probably not going to dance again. She receives some pictures and a recording um, of this other ballerina who's been sleeping with her partner and them discussing um, throwing her under the bus. So we find out that her partner kind of dropped her. Um, what I was curious, though, was... Um, considering everything the uncle did to force her into becoming a sparrow, do you, do you think he planned this too? It's a big question mark in my head. Uh, yeah. Cause it's him that gives her the, 
the information. Um, I don't know, like, is that some kind of test, you know, of like, what, what will, what will my niece do if she finds out that she got fucked over in this way? And I mean, what she does is she goes and beats the shit out of him with a cane. Yeah. Um, (laughs) Right. And that, you know, like, I mean, if he was looking for like a a compromise situation, I feel like that could have been enough. Uh, Um, but I don't know. It, uh, I guess, uh, let's see. At the end of the day, I don't think that scene was necessary. I can only imagine that the director thought the scene was necessary to demonstrate that Dominica is not someone to be fucked with. And maybe that the her uncle Ivan... Uh, wanted to find that out about her, mm-hmm. you know, like, like what, what's the counterfactual? Like if he had given her the information and she did nothing about it, like maybe he would have said like, well, she doesn't have, you know, she doesn't have the killer instinct and that would have been his report. And he never would have like uh, tried Recruited to run her, her through yeah. the sparrow school. That's yeah. that's all I that's all that's the best I can think of. Uh but there I'm trying to make excuses for the movie for a scene which I just didn't really think it needed. Yeah. Uh I kind of agree. This goes back to what I was talking about at the beginning about just how much the tone goes off the rails multiple times. Mm-hmm. Where yeah, uh like the movie starts out pretty brutal and fucked up and it just keeps getting worse. Then it just goes off into like a whole different tone. I mean, the tension's always there as far as like what she's going through anxiety wise and being in this corner, but it just, it just felt like there was a number of different directions. And this is one of the examples where not only is sure like they, when she's dropped, her leg is like, like, like bent where it shouldn't be bent, you know? And it's a, it's a pretty like, like cringy moment. And then she beats the shit out of them, which is a little graphic. And then she goes to the Sparrow School, and and that's when, like, oh, no, that's when she gets recruited by the uncle to to seduce that one guy, and there's the rape scene, and he's basically murdered. Yeah, it's, just, it's one thing after another of graphic, sexual assault type of stuff, and then it just completely changes tones and feels like a different direction. So, uh... 100% It's agree. confusing. Yeah. <laughs> 100% agree. Like, I remember, again, in the interviews I read that Jennifer Lawrence said she was so excited about playing this character. And, like, like she really loved the character and the motivations and the the spirit behind her and, and all that. And through half of the movie, almost two-thirds of the movie, I was not seeing whatever Jennifer Lawrence was seeing in this character. In the last <laughs> third. In the last third. Yeah. They land the plane. Yeah. Oh yeah, yeah. They definitely land the plane. Yeah. <laughs> right. Um but yeah, so she's got I mean she's got one test, one more test she's got to do uh be put through before she's actually put in the sparrow school, right? Yeah. Uh the uncle basically, I mean, they want okay, so the SVR or at least the uncle, I don't know, if maybe he's doing it on the side. We never find out why the the head of the Bolshoi and that is the the ballet company. And I think I didn't check it, but I think the Bolshoi specifically is like the, you know, you, you said 
uh, a minute ago, like, you know, like uh, being the top ballerina, like, I guess that's some kind of big deal. Like in Russia, it is a very big fucking deal. Yeah. <laughs> right. Uh, uh, that's, that's just one of their things like chess and ballet. Um, they take very seriously. Yeah. We never find out why he's a target. Uh, we never find out. We, I'm, I don't like the way that they arranged this assassination of him. Um, okay. So big public figure, right? If so, again, if the Bolshoi is, if ballet is super important in Russia and it's all state run. And if I'm correct that the Bolshoi is basically like the head, like the government head of government ballet. Mm-hmm. Um, this is a really, it's a really tricky target. You know, this is not someone you just like murder at the local McDonald's. Yeah, right. <laughs> um, but the way they go about it is basically, I mean, I mean, basically they're going to have their murderer. I just have him written as the heavy. Uh, I did. I will mention his, the actor's name real quick. Let me, let me go up and grab it. Cause it's kind of cool. Um, uh, Sebastian Hulk <laughs> is, <laughs> is the heavy. What a great name. If you're going to yeah. be the heavy in, in some movies and go around like beating the shit out of people and torturing them and strangling them. Um, awesome, awesome name. Good, good job on your agent, uh, yeah. there. But I mean, basically he just needs to, he's going to, uh, Garrett, the, the head of the Bolshoi and all they need for that to happen is for the guy's security to be like slightly outside the room <laughs> and just overall, I, I still feel like there's a million better ways to pull off this assassination and that the way that it's framed in the movie was just to get her involved. And again, just to give her some fucking motivation to hate her uncle. I don't think this is how you would do it. Oh, like just, well, they needed the guard out. And since the dude was getting laid, he didn't want the guard in the room. So I I, I think that's the strategic reason for this. But I agree, there's, there's probably some other options. But the idea for her uncle is now she's a witness to this murder, which makes her a risk to the state because they can't have anybody knowing that the state was responsible for murdering this guy. And that's how he's able to leverage her into becoming a sparrow. Cause he told her just do this one thing and you'll be fine. And you know, that, that of course is a lie, you know, you're going to do this one thing and, and then you'll be done. We'll take care of your moms. Oh, you know, my hands are tied. The state thinks you're a risk. You got to become a sparrow. And if, and if you do that um, someday you and your mom can live peacefully and be taken care of. Like he's constantly using the stick and carrot. Of, of losing her mom or keeping her mom safe with this to keep her on the track that he's planned for her since she was a girl or something. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. Um, yeah, not a fan. Ready to move on. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I mean, it does, it's accomplishing what the story needs to be accomplished, which is to set her uncle up as this like uh, super villain that she obviously like has great reason uh, to despise and hate. Uh, yeah. So uh, she runs off to school. Now the guy that wrote this movie, let me double check. Let me double check my note on this. 
uh, he is, you know, we've talked about the fact, like, I think uh, we know that Fleming, yeah, Fleming and who's our boy? John Lake Right. They actually didn't spend that much time in, uh, in intelligence before they went on to their novelist careers. Jason Matthews, the, the writer of this book, and he was also retained as a tech advisor for the film. He's at the end of a 33-year tenure with the CIA. So we would presume oh, wow. he know So we would presume he knows his shit. Yeah. Um the school itself, okay, like the Sparrow program, I think we kind of definitely believe in. I don't think it looks like this. I don't think it looks like Hogwarts. I don't think this is like I, I, that's an interesting way to put it. Considering the teacher wanted her to fuck the guy that tried to rape her. Yeah. Uh but yeah, the school does kind of have a old, you know, cathedral feel to it architecturally. Yeah. But uh <laughs> that's funny. Right. I mean, it's very slimy, very cringy. Um I don't think it land it. I think it's one of the parts of the movie that didn't land for me or for other audiences, the way the director thought it would. Um, I'll I'll just, I'll just kind of say that. Um, Although, I mean, some of the principles that they're discussing about like, you know, uh, physics, like this is a great quote. I, I I think a, a semi quote from the matron, like physical manipulation is not enough. Love is to be seen and to be recognized. Like that's a good, like, you know, they're really uh, talking about like, or at least with that line talking about like how you actually get your screws into someone, mm-hmm. you know, you don't just like lie about everyone. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Um, and then figuring out how they feel they get that. You know, like everybody wants to be recognized for who they are and wants validation, right? But right. every different person has a different way, and everyone you know, is when, a puzzle. Uh, is a puzzle of needs, right? And then finding that missing piece, and you give them that piece. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> now, I like. I mean, I like the uh, the psychology the psychology there, but it doesn't pay off in the movie. Like that's a setup without a payoff. Yeah. Um, I, I guess I'll mention now, like I'll skip ahead now to, uh, you know, Dominica and Nate. Uh, she initiate, she initiates a sexual contact with them on two occasions, neither of which seem to be necessary whatsoever. Or successful. Uh, in, well, I'm sure he, uh, Oh, what are you? <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> I mean, how are you measuring success there? <laughs> well, like he like, you know, brushed her off the first time he was like, I think you should go home. And the second time when she played damsel in distress, you know, I think he picked up on it. Right. Yeah. I just, I just um, like when I say it's a setup without a payoff, like I never understood how uh, Joel Edgerton was actually being played by sex by her. You know, oh, you know what I mean? She wasn't. Like, or- yeah. I think, I think because he had the information that she was a sparrow 
as well as being a veteran of this type of stuff. I mean, their file on him was that he was like the the type of bro that's just, you know, just trying to sleep with girls all the time. So her attractiveness caught his attention. But I think, you know, interacting with her, he picked up on the fact that she was a honey trap. So I don't think he was ever manipulated in the way that she was planning on manipulating him. Um, and I think that him being straightforward with her is what helped flip her. That he never really mm. tried to manipulate her. Okay. I like her. that take. Yeah. I like I like that take because that's what I mean by like there wasn't really any payoff there. Like I don't think she ever successfully played him, but maybe you're right. Like maybe that was her intention going in because she doesn't know the guy, you know? Yeah. Uh, and so that's how she's trying to play it. But then when she finds out like, no, this is actually a fucking kind of a stand-up guy. That's, yeah. Uh, you know, on, on team blue, uh, maybe, maybe I don't have to, but then, and then, so of course that would make him even more irresistible to her. Yeah. <laughs> so then that's why she fucks him the second time. Right. Yeah. <laughs> well, that, that helps, but I'm still going to call it, I'm going to still call uh, them fucking uh, my number three worst tradecraft in the film. Uh, as soon as, as soon as he knows she's a sparrow and knows what kind of training she's got, then the first time she tries to fuck him, she'd like s- set off all the red alarms in his head. Oh yeah. Yeah. <laughs> all of them. Every single yeah. one. Yeah. And then what, and then I flip it to like even worse, like, cause at that point, like, like they know who each other are, you know, they're not, they're not really being very dishonest with each other uh, at all. Like he flat Um, out tells her, I saw you on the train. Like he's, mm -hmm. he clocked her from the get go, you know, also demonstrating what a veteran he is and she doesn't deny it. You know, she kind of was like, no, I think you have me mistaken. But as soon as like she picks up that he got her license. I think she knows that he knows and he knows that she knows. And, and that's when it starts up. I think that's like the first real relationship she had. You know what I mean? With someone where it wasn't like deception and manipulation, like she's used to. Cause in the ballerina world, I presume it's like gymnastics and like figure skating. Where <laughs> everybody's like out to stab you in the back. Right. I'm sure it's a hundred times worse. Yeah. <laughs> Especially in Russia. Right. And, and then, and then she ends up being put in this like crazy manipulation school and here this guy and her really know each other ish, you know, kind of, you know, they, they know that they're both agents. You know what I mean? Yes. Yeah. Um, uh, I, I, I did want to mark uh, my number three best trade craft with this kind of interaction with them though. Um, when, when he kind of flips her into convincing her, like, look, uh, you could get away. Like, I would never do this to you. Clearly an uncle shouldn't do this to her niece. Um, he gives her the story to take back to them where he's just like, just tell them that I'm trying to get daddy's attention. And, you know, like, uh, 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 what does he, what does he say? I have this written down. Um, was it, was it, um, but she basically gives her the cover story, which you have to know. You tell them, I hate my father and I have something to prove, right? Oh, right. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. and I drink too much. <laughs> and I drink too much, right? So, yeah. like, you know, for her to actually, like, go back and have that cover story really helps her. You know what I mean? It, it's yeah, not let's like. Give us, let's give him some plus five points for, for that. 
Like he's yeah. he's definitely like he wants to uh, cloak himself in vulnerability so that she'll look good. Right. Yeah. So I I just wanted to mark that as my number three best trade craft. Dope. Um, it was uh, it was my it, it's my number two best trade craft of the film. Yeah. Uh, which I mean we've kind of crossed this ground a little bit, but uh, they don't. I mean they they dance around each other a little bit, but neither of them is really trying to. Uh, fool the other person into like I'm not a secret agent. What are you talking about? I'm just a fucking. Uh, I'm. I just like to swim. You know yeah. what are you talking about? Like they tease each other with pieces of information that they have on each other, and mm-hmm. by doing so, they're uh, communicating to one another that uh, they want to play ball. They want to get in right. bed together and, and not in the physical sense, but in the, you know, let's make a deal kind of sense. Yeah. yeah. Uh, and even though they're, I mean, they're clearly, you know, cause they're on, you know, they're on, you know, team blue and team red, uh, they're holding things back, but, uh, I don't remember us seeing, I, I, I know a lot of movies and TV shows we've talked about where we've watched one agent, like manipulate, uh, either a civilian or even like another member of an intelligence of a rival intelligence agency. But I don't think we've ever seen uh, a situation where both, where both people are just actively manipulating each other, but also doing so by telling truths to each other mm-hmm. in a way that I thought was just kind of, kind of very cool. Uh, because because yeah. because they are correctly achieving their objectives by doing so. Yeah. Um, I think Nate pointed out when she used her real name on the form and her uh-huh. ID and her passport were different. He he mentioned to his superiors that he thinks he can flip her because he that was kind of like a cry for help from her. Because, you notice she writes her fake name, then throws it mm-hmm. away exactly. and writes her real exactly. name. Yeah. I, I thought that was kind of cool. Little little kind of like wink from her and to them, you know? Yeah. They're signaling, they're signaling to each other. Um, I like it now for some reason, uh, they've housed like as part of her Budapest operation where the SVR has tasked her to try to flip Nate. Um, they've housed her with a, you know, quote unquote veteran Sparrow. At least that's the way she's, represented in in like wikipedia did you get the idea that 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 marta was a more experienced agent i mean she does seem to give some older sister kind of advice yeah she did she did say you didn't think you were the only one so i i think that she uh has been a sparrow for a lot you know she quotes like the sparrow puzzle piece quote type of thing right and then um she's out uh seducing like uh an american politician i think for information Mm -hmm. Um, so i i think she's a more you know just from the age difference and the things that she mentions i think it's pretty implied that she's like the more experienced sparrow right and she's running like you said like she's running a different op so you got two agents in the same house like running different ops and the SVR hasn't informed either of them of, of what the other is doing. It seems like, mm-hmm. um, seems a little like 
strangely sus. But what's more sus to me is the fact that, uh, okay, so Dominica, you know, at, at times when Marta is out of the apartment, Dominica finds basically the evidence that of, of what Marta's operation is, which is to, uh, you know, convince Marie Louise Parker, who is a U.S. Senator's chief of staff and to avoid mouthfuls later. I'm just going to call her MLP. Um, <laughs> uh, but that she's got that uh, operation uh, like an underway and Dominica lies to her uncle and tells him that it like that she's part of Marta's operation against MLP. This is my number two worst tradecraft of the film. Uh, I don't understand how the SVR could be so incompetent as to not know who's who's doing what in this respect right. you know what i'm saying like yeah <laughs> like in in stuff we've seen like like from the americans seems much more realistic where pretty detailed reports are given mm. on this kind of thing and i don't think marta is uh i don't want to say qualified but um authorized to like involve other unrelated agents in her operation without reporting that to her superiors. So um, I think that's one of my number, my, my biggest problems with the like integrity of the plot of the movie. Um, and meanwhile, uh, Dominica's station chief, is you know a slimy dickhead she frames him for assault uh you know when she finds out that uh you know after uh uh, rejecting his sexual advances he's giving unfavorable reports back to moscow on him um and then she tells okay so uh i mean marta does find out that uh i mean she does does overhear that uh, Dominica is trying to like kind of hijack and say like, Oh, I'm part of this operation too, uncle Ivan. Uh, she's going to get mad about that and then play that out as well. Okay. I mean, she confronts Dominica. Dominica says, well, listen, there's one thing. I mean, she, uh, can you, do you, do you have this for me? Like Dominica you know, Martis is like, well, what do they have on you? Dominica tells her, you know, and it's the, the, I was a witness to the murder of the head of the Bolshoi. Yeah. You can't yeah. tell anyone because they would fucking kill you. Right. And then <laughs> what does Marta do? She tells someone and then yeah. they kill her. Yeah. That's my number one. I mean, definitely just on specific Marta, you have to know better than this. Like just you going to the section chief and saying like, I know how to get rid of Katarina. Like (laughs) this is really really bullshit that I can't swallow. This is my, this is my number one worst uh, for, for reasons. There's all sorts of other ways that Marta could have like Marta could have, you know, could have, should have gone to the section chief and said like, Hey, 
do you have any idea why Dominica is telling her uncle that she's part of this operation that you and I have been working on? Yeah. (laughs) You know, or is she like, like it just, it made no sense that she chose that route. Um, And I think the movie kind of maybe wants us to believe that Dominica gave her that information kind of, you know, psychologically knowing what Marta would do with it, but that's also bullshit. No. Yeah. I don't think she was trying to get Marta killed. I think she was reaching out to Marta because I think the reason Dominica hijacked that is because Marta tells her, you know, you're only important if you have something they need. So she, I think plots this idea. Oh, I can get this person because her uncle's claiming that she's expendable and she's taking too much time and they're going to kick her out, you know? Um, And then I think that the SVR did know about Marta's operation and the fact that Dominica brought it up to the uncle is what led to them killing her because they said, you don't give out secrets. And that was like the warning. You know what I mean? Um, But you're right. A lot of this is convoluted and I don't understand why it becomes... I think the movie just wants us to have this scene and, and I don't think it was played out very well. Very well. Yeah, I agree. I agree. Uh, I was also want to throw out some minus spy points for the fact of, in in my opinion, the Russians killing Marta in this instance just as a warning to Dominica, yeah. and yeah. later in the film killing the section chief as a warning to Dominica. Like they look good on paper. They're good scenes, I guess. I mean, they're gripping, they're exciting, they raise the blood pressure, but I don't think they really make sense uh, in I, terms of... I, I completely agree. I, I, I actually Thank marked you. this as my number one worst tradecraft. Uh, I'm skipping ahead quite a bit for this. Uh, I'll, I'll just talk about it later, but yeah. Um, let's just talk about the warning. This warning they give Jayla and then the shooting warning. And uh, the shooting you're talking about follows them torturing her. Um, I completely disagree with this decision by them. They're trying to use fear to manipulate her. And I think this is going to drive her to flip, which is clearly not. Also, I don't think she's as valuable or important as, as their actions would indicate, you know? Yeah. Well, with Marta also kind of conveniently out of the way, uh, which is, I think, a you know, a little bit of flaw in the story. Like, I think the story, like, uh, I mean, it's a good story overall. Uh, it just takes a few shortcuts that, that mm-hmm. I kind of don't appreciate. And the fact of Marta dying for this, like, stupid reason, uh, you know, that that, that gives j-law or dominica latitude to you know piggyback this operation which the svr like you know obviously should know about like it's just it's just raisins to give dominica like the room she needs to maneuver with to to make the the ending of the story make sense um but the mlp operation uh if i guess we should run over the details on it uh mlp is a uh chief of staff of a u.s senator she's got files on a very sensitive uh satellite defense program that the russians are super interested in 
and um and uh she's got a she's a drunk with a deadbeat <laughs> husband uh that you know obviously has high ambitions for her daughter uh and can't make her daughter's um you know presumably like ivy league type uh tuition payments so that's why she's in it for the money um and maybe a little bit of the thrill and definitely just to you know get drunk and stuff um wasn't it implied she might be a lesbian because i think marta and her got kind of flirty by the bathrooms right i mean there's some photographs that that make it make it look like that yeah Uh, and you know and marta being an experienced sparrow you know we, we would presume that if mlp has some leanings in that direction that marta would have learned from the school how to like nudge those leanings in the right yeah. kind of way. And right. And, um, but it doesn't, I mean, it doesn't actually look like she's, uh, being set up with that, like kind of compromise. It does look like she's just like, you know, in it for the money. I mean, 250,000, that's a lot of money. Yeah. <laughs> <clears throat> it's a decent chunk anyways. Um, so, so Dominica is telling uh, Nate about this stuff. And that's the reason, even though Nate had been told several times by his CIA handlers, like you're just there to do one simple fucking job, which is to make contact with marble. Um, Dominica hands him something so juicy that his CIA handlers say, well, we can't, we can't pass on that. And then, on the Russian side, I guess on the Russian side, well, the Dominica's whole thing with MLP, to... the Russians and the CIA want that moment. The CIA are getting handed a traitor, right? And then the Russians are getting the discs. Uh, the CIA have her switch the discs, and uh, the Russians are believing that she's retrieving the discs. And right. Th- yeah. And that's what makes that scene so interesting because she now has to play both sides. Because when her her station chief shows up, she's not just help working with the CIA. She now has to do everything in front of him without becoming suspicious, which involves swapping out the discs. Both Dominica and Nate are going outside of their purview their normal purview, convincing their su- superiors that this needs to happen. You know, uh, this MLP situation needs to be resolved, uh, each with a different agenda. I guess for her, it's just to have an opportunity to, I mean, for him, the, the, the motivation is obvious, mm. you know, we gotta, we gotta, uh, nip this in the bud. We can't have MLP selling satellite shit too. Mm-hmm. Um, but for her, she needs this to go down the way it does because actually this is where it gets really weird because she actually wants to be, have herself fall under suspicion uh, and then survive a shitload of like, torture and and beatings you know after being taken back to moscow 
in a fashion in which will advance her agenda. How exactly again? I don't know that she was trying to come under suspicion. I mean, her plan was to hand MLP over to the CIA. Then the station head shows up. So she had to improvise. She had a long drawn out plan to throw her uncle under the bus. Um, And I think uh, with this situation, the station head added a whole wrench into her plan of trying to defect to the CIA type of thing. So, yeah. um, So I don't think she purposely tried to get caught and get tortured. Um, And uh, I, I, I think that she just got stuck in a situation that she had to kind of, you know, deal, take the punches as they kind of came. And um, when she's taken to the airport, and Nate wants to save her and she shakes her head at him, you know, it's a very which, good, it's a very good, super subtle, great fucking no shake. Yeah. <laughs> um, she she could have just ran away. She could have defected, but that doesn't exactly solve the problem. Right. She, she remember, I think we mentioned at the beginning of the podcast that she's trying to get revenge on her uncle. Right. Yeah. Um, and at this point, she doesn't know who the mole is. I don't think she ever planned to find out who the, unless, you know, Nate just handed it to her, you know, I, I think she might just be a survivalist at this point. You know what I mean? But, uh, she has this overarching plan to fuck her uncle over. Right. But her being pulled over to the airport, she could have escaped, but then she's not getting a revenge type of thing. And I think that's what the movie wants us to think that she has to go back. Right. I mean, the airport is a great opportunity for him, for her to break and, yeah. and just make, make a run for it. So the fact she doesn't do that, like, it does seem like, you know, uh, the movie wants me to believe that she always planned for herself to be thrown back into the lion's den. Um, well, I, I think if she ran away, she wouldn't be able to get out of her uncle. And so that's why she willingly went because she didn't plan on the station head showing up at that point. I think she was planning on the CIA getting MLP and her deal being done at that point. You know what I mean? But when the station head shows up, I, I'm, I'm guessing she wanted more. Actually, right, the more but- I'm chatting this out it doesn't make sense i think the movie's because 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 at the end of the movie we get this montage where she we've seen all of her master planning yeah you know so um yeah but her master planning was uh implicating her uncle yes because the two hundred again like but that's what you're saying like if she if she makes the break right now which she could do right yeah uh, then then that plan is, you know, so, I mean, maybe it's a case of like, well, I mean, I had plan A going and then, you know, but I also had plan B just in case, blah, blah, blah. So I was always ready for all situations. Um, but I don't know. To me, to me, it thinks I, I think we're meant to believe that she always intended to get caught here. Mm-hmm. Uh, and, and I don't like it, but, um, that's that's just my read. I don't think that's what I'm saying. I don't think she could plan to get caught, but I think you're right. The big master plan was her to throw throw her uncle under the bus. Because remember, she didn't plan on the station. Head. Well, I think we should okay, move on. Hold on. Wait, I, I think it Actually, doesn't. Ma- I think the movie doesn't make sense at all. Like at this point, right, right, right no. here. I think I think it's all just kind of. I want to dig in a little. 
Oh, okay. <laughs> All right. Let's say Station Chief. Let's do the counterfactual. Let's say Station Chief doesn't show up. Yeah. She's still going to swap the discs. She's right. still going to arrive to her Russian handlers saying like, hey, I've got this great information. Oh, what? Oh, the discs are blank. I didn't know. Yeah. Uh, and the CIA grabbed MLP. Oh, my God. I definitely didn't think uh, Joel Edgerton was that smart. That That's what I'm saying. I think the movie forced all of this in. Okay. Like, because the more we talk about it, the more it, the more I think the story wanted us to think that uh, she willingly went back through the airport. But I'm wondering if she saw the opportunity because she didn't plan on the the station head coming, right? That's, That's true. Thing. I think the movie I think changes its direction and then just kind of has this have this whole master plan of her throwing her uncle under the bus. That and I don't I don't think. I think there's a lot of gaps that don't make sense. I know, I know that uh, you're probably just looking at your notes like yeah. I am. And so you can't yeah. see my video, but like I've, I'm giving you like huge thumbs up and like <laughs> mad, like fucking head nods uh, on, on this. Um, so, but uh, yeah, I mean, do we need to talk about, so uh you know, I could go to Dominica's final plan and lay that out. Uh, but I thought we were trying to angle around to uh, warning J-Law, torture J-Law, your worst tradecraft number one. Or do, oh, do yeah, we have that in that's hand? That's right. I mean, I already kind of explained, you know, this is going to push her to defecting. Um, the the Like you had said, the warning doesn't help. Both warnings don't help. But the torture itself, like, here she is, like, like if if she didn't have this plan and wasn't working with Nate, she would be like a hero, right? And she's like holding it in, right? And here they are torturing her when she didn't do anything wrong. It should like let's say the whole Nate plan and her fucking her uncle over. In her mind, she's just doing her due diligence, which is what she told her uncle that, hey, I'm I'm gonna get information from this this uh contact we made from America, right? Well, if if that's the case, then she would have just been doing her due diligence and it just so happened that the CIA picked up on it and they caught they caught MLP, right? And here she is getting tortured when she did her job, you know what I mean? Um so all of the things that they're doing with the warnings and the torture and all this stuff is going to make her want like I think they're using fear to manipulate her, but I think at this point after everything she's been through, they they are um go, they're basically giving her a reason to defect. So so by accusing her of being a traitor and like basically fucking beating the fuck out of her, right? Uh, I, I yeah. And why when they asked when they asked the station had the same question and they killed him, why did mm-hmm. they kill him and not her? Why why is it that makes no sense to me? Other other than she still could get the name of the mole from Nate. I mean, he, that section chief, I mean, maybe he's a fuck up, but in ways that we didn't see, um, you know, he's more valuable than she is. Well, not if she can find the mole. And also like, just like, like the question that the, the interrogator keeps asking is like, uh, I, I forget. There was a code name for MLP. I don't remember what it was, uh, but like, okay. Right. 
did you give up Swan? Did you give up Swan? Did you give up Swan? Like at this point to me, like finding out like what, who, like getting a yes out of her, like doesn't, it doesn't accomplish anything. It doesn't fix anything. Yeah. If you feel like, you know, she's a threat and she's under suspicion. Like you don't believe anything she's going to say. Just fucking. Yeah. <laughs> right. Uh, and, and, and you don't have to kill, you know, again, like the section chief, he seemed like maybe he wasn't great at his job possibly, but I didn't see the evidence of that to, to make it like so worth it for them to kill him just to find out, can we trust Jennifer Lawrence? Um, because I I don't think she's, I don't think she's valuable enough for them or that, mm. that information of whether or not she like who, you know, let's not argue about who betrayed whose operation. <laughs> <laughs> let's not sit and argue about it. Um, it does. It just doesn't seem like they're getting anything out of it, and they're just pulling mm-hmm. triggers like fucking crazy. Uh, yeah. Same, and and that was back to my thing with the Marta thing. It, it didn't. It came close to making one of my top uh, uh, tradecraft. It was on my list of like just the Russians just fucking killing people left and right just to make a point without <laughs> getting any value out of it. Yeah. <laughs> All right. So I think we. I think we got. I. I'm, I think we got that tied up. Yeah. Um, Dominica's final plan is convoluted. I don't have all the super details on it, but it's the star of the movie. Yeah, absolutely. Um, she really doesn't give a shit about anything except uh, fucking her uncle over. Yeah. <laughs> and... Um, we're going to get a montage at the end of the film. Uh, we also get a really great, I think a great um, uh, moment that presages what's going on where she tells Ivan, uh, you, you were right. I am like you uncle. Yeah. <laughs> uh, you know, cause that's something he said to her earlier, but, she means it in an entirely different way. Yeah. Uh, which is very cool. Um, overall, I mean, I, overall, I like the fact, like just the idea of framing the uncle is my number three best tradecraft of the film. Uh, it's, it's wonderfully ambitious. Uh, some of the details about how she goes about it are, could be questionable. Uh, but I'll give it that my top number three. That actually made my number one was throwing her uncle under the bus. Mm. Yeah. I, I, as much as the movie kind of, uh, forced a lot of it, it, it made my number one, uh, but also mixed with, um, marble passing the torch to her. Okay. Um, I mean, I, I think you agree with me, like, like that ambition of hers, like yeah. her aim is fraught with possibilities of it going wrong. And also mm-hmm. like maybe fraught with uh, coincidences that just happen to play into her favor. Yeah. But when, when we get the final montage, it's very satisfying. And I think that's why, I mean, that's why I say like that, 
that reveal is is the star of the film. If you like this film, that's why you like this film. Yeah. <laughs> is is because that shit is kind of fucking genius. Yeah. Um some of the details along the way, whatever, but uh I will uh put out one of them, one of the details as my number one best tradecraft of the movie, which is the manner in which she uh, arranges the fake account in her uncle's name. Yeah. She does this in Vienna huh. and it's not, I mean, it's not clearly stated in the film, but if you look at it, it's fucking brilliant. Um, you know, like, okay. As a sparrow, she's, she's learned, you know, the first thing we see, like, you know, she's looking through the window, like, like who in this bank, like might be vulnerable. Hey, there's this, there's this one guy, Right. And he's just the just the right amount of sexy that he might think that I was maybe you know and me I'm sexy fucking Jim, yeah. <laughs> uh, so you got to find the right guy too you know you can't well maybe you can find the the sludge dude yeah uh, that that has never known a woman's touch. <laughs> uh, and and maybe he'll fall for your tricks, but she picks the right, just the right kind of age and, and attractiveness of the guy that might believe that like, she's like, Oh my God. Oh, you just closed. No, I need, I really need this. Can I buy you a coffee? Can we, you know? Uh, oh, I understand. You can't let me into the bank. Oh, that sucks. What are we going to do? Uh, maybe could you help, just help me like fill out the paperwork? Maybe you go into the bank. And so the point of that is like that uh, she can arrange uh, creating this bank account and there's no CCTV records. Like there's no, her fingerprints aren't on it. Yeah. It's, um, it's just, okay. it's just his name, which she had, she used his, when, when uh, he came over, uh, by the way, I call bullshit on that, that uh, someone of his caliber would just leave his coat unattended especially with like two other people in the room and like, he knows how much his niece hates him. Um, but she, she pulls out his passport and memorizes his passport number and mm. uses that for the bank. Um, uh, what's it called? The, the bank forms that she fills out. Okay. Yeah. Good catch. I didn't, I didn't catch that, but, but good one. Good one. Um, but I com- I'm completely on board with that. Like just the way that she, targeted the guy at the bank used this kind of fake story and then fills out the form with him and then is able to put it under her uncle's name for the $250,000 that she's going to get from the Americans. Right. Um, you know, that's, that's one of the biggest nails in the coffin that she basically is able to throw her uncle under the bus. Right. I mean, I'm a little iffy that, uh, you know, uh, the CIA just hands her the 250,000, but you know, moving on. Yeah. <laughs> um, uh, I, I wanted to mark this as my number one best trade craft bec- and the bank was a big part of it. Um, but just how it, it, it more had to do with the mole. Um, uh, not only did she get her personal revenge as far as like the story of the movie being like a revenge film, but like mm-hmm. uh, the, the, just marble passing the torch. He saw everything she went through and what her uncle put her through. And he also saw the, you know, he's an old man, you know, he's, he's done what he could to, you know, save the world or whatever. 
and it's getting down to the wire, right? And he's seeing this as an opportunity that um, he can't see any other option, that he needs to protect her because the pressure's coming down on her, and they're trying to find out the name of the mole. Um, and he doesn't have very much time left, right? You know, so this way she could come back as a hero and, you know, replace him as the mole and, you know, continue saving the world type of thing. Um, but she looks at it as an opportunity to fuck her uncle over and protect the mole and be a new mole. You know what I mean? Uh, which I, I liked. I liked quite a bit. <laughs> I mean, she walks, she walks away with everything. Yeah. <laughs> uh, which, which is really dope. Yeah. Um, you know, she walks away uh, being a, kind of a, you know, kind of a hero to the Americans, a hero to uh, her uh, supposed, I don't, you know, I don't know how, how can you tell if like she ever actually had any, well, actually, no, you do. The movie does leave you the final clue that she does have affection for Nate with that final phone call. Uh-huh. Um, but uh, so, so she's getting that out of it. Uh, yeah. Her uncle's fucked over. She has protected her marble. Yeah. Uh, right. Oh, marble. Yeah. Right. And her she's mom. protected marble. So marble's still in place. Yeah. Um, <laughs> and also, also she did it all without uh, selling out. And this is why I think the mother thing is important. In the end, uh, she did it all for Russia. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Like, mm-hmm. like she's still she's still not a traitor, right? Uh, in the in the traditional sense, um, she's secured what her mother uh, deserves from the Russian yeah. state. You know, uh, you know the stable life that the that the uh, Russian, like even in a post-communist uh, regime, the Russian state, you know, promises to his its citizens. Yeah. Um, and also, like, she's a decorated hero. She could do all sorts of shit from here. But uh, yeah, I don't think I don't think we'll see a sequel. Uh, no, no, for no, this. no, I would not. I would I would be actually uh, pretty angry if someone tried yeah. to get a sequel <laughs> out of this one. Yeah. Uh, I'll, me, meanwhile, though, like, uh, you know, kind of sort of similar femme fatale movies like uh, Atomic Blonde and Salt. Like, I, I want, like, as much as you can give me. Like, yeah. <laughs> bring, bring that shit back. But Red Sparrow, I think, is, like, you know, tied down. Um, and speaking of tying down. <laughs> oh, I just. Yeah. That's right. <laughs> uh, we we kind of skipped this part, but uh, there's a scene where she's meeting with Nate. And uh, she wakes up and uh, a Russian assassin is there to basically torture and question Nate because she's not getting the information fast enough. Um, I marked this as my best tradecraft number two. Uh, When she sees what's going on, she helps tie Nate down because the assassin is basically choking him. Uh, I don't know how he got Nate out of bed in his underwear, sitting on the table with a tourniquet around his neck, sitting in the chair. But let's pretend he somehow got this to happen. But she comes in and zip ties his legs and his hands. Uh, Nate's. Um, so uh, her plan wasn't to continue torturing him. Her plan was to basically convince this assassin torture guy that 
she's on his side and wait for a moment of weakness when he has an opening where she can strike. And he has this like, he said it's used for skin grafting, but he uses it's it. Basically horrific. To, it's horrific. Yeah, yeah. To basically like peel layers of skin off of Nate and it looks very painful. Um, but you know, uh, she's talking shit to Nate, like, tell us who the mole is. And he's not answering. So she asked the torture guy to give him the, the skin thing. And she skins Nate's leg, right? So this made my best trade graph number two for playing the, like, full blast werewolf role to convince this guy to let his guard down to when she he does let his guard down. She fucking takes a swing at him with the thing, basically cuts Nate's like zip ties open. Now they're all stabbing each other. Uh, uh, I mean, like, you know, uh, the everybody gets hurt and cut up. But um, I, yeah, this had to, this made my best tradecraft number two that she basically tied Nate down, totally sold the fact that she's not a traitor and is straight up torturing Nate. You know, and stone cold face too, like just, just you know, you know, she obviously has affection for Nate, and just completely fucking just unaffected by the fact that this person she kind of cares about is being like fucking tortured. You know, uh, so. yeah. I mean, she's hard as a coffin nail. Uh, <laughs> it turns out. Yeah. Um, well, considering what she went through, it's not. It's it's not far fetched. Well, I mean, different people would have responded to what she went through in different ways. That's true. Uh, uh, But yeah, uh, it turns out like she's she's got a heart of stone. Yeah, Uh, she can (laughs) she can definitely uh, she can definitely uh, pull that kind of shit off. Um, I wasn't. I mean, uh, I wasn't sure in her situation that my first move after knocking the assassin down. I wasn't sure my first move would have been uh, trying to help Nate out of his oh, bonds. Yeah, no. yeah, I think I, I would have been like clocking that fucker with everything I had. <laughs> yeah. Um, Absolutely. But yeah, but yeah, the violence, the violence in this movie uh, is, is kind of, it's kind of weird. Like a lot of it involves nudity, mm. you know, uh, from the first scenes, uh, you know, when, when she, uh, uh, gets her revenge on her ballet partner mm. and, and her betrayer, like that was kind of like, I don't know, very visceral, meaty, awful. Uh, this last scene too was also just very, very horrific. Yeah. Um, <laughs> uh, in a movie that like was otherwise like very, Mm, mostly nonviolent, you know, I mean, it's not a, it's not a shooting movie, you know, no. it's not a car. It's not a car chase movie. It's not a Jason. Bourne movie. It's not, a gun? I think Nate I firing the, 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 the distraction gun is the only guns we get. Oh no, that's right. They shoot uh, the station head. Oh yeah. Yeah. But that was on like a, you know, on a computer screen kind yeah. of thing, but you know, like, it's not car chasey. It's not shooty. It's not actiony. Uh, the the yeah. few moments of violence are very, I don't know, just very disturbing. Yeah, <laughs> and and again, like often seem to involve naked people. Yeah, uh, which which adds to the kind of horror of it. Like I don't know, like the like seeing bodies as meat. 
you know, uh, suffering trauma and, and stabbing and stuff. Um, it's, it's just kind of weird. I'm, I'm not sure. I, I don't have anywhere to go with that. Um, I got two more notes before debriefing and then I'll check with you and see what you got. Um, I don't, I don't think the trade, this goes back to like her whole master plan being a little bit flawed. Uh, even though like I applaud it when it happens, um, you know, her eventual setup is like, okay, we'll trade. Uh, she's fingered Ivan as the mole. So mm-hmm. SVR, Karen, Karen Hines is like, fuck you, Ivan. We got, we got everything on you. Blah, blah, blah. Uh, you're definitely the mole. And then like, she's supposedly like in the hands of the Americans. And the final scene that the, like on the airport tarmac is they're going to trade him for her. I don't see that as in any way a good trade on the SVR's part. Oh yeah. No, 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 no. The, there's no reason to give. Yeah. Uh, what are they going to get their one agent, especially when they have no problem killing all of their agents. Right. Right. <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah. She's, she, yeah, you're right. She's, she's not as valuable as being able to use the mole as a, as an example to the Russian people. Right. Or just like, you know, put him in the cell and like spend like f- the next three years finding out everything he fucking knows and everything that he told the Americans. Yeah. Um, <laughs> yeah. I wouldn't, I wouldn't give him up. Uh, it's a dick move, but if I'm the SVR, like I'm not, I'm, I'm like uh, Dominica. Who? Fuck you! Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> right? We, we got our guy. Yeah. <laughs> um, and then uh, uh, my last note was that uh, the okay, so we got to mention the Metka. Uh, we skipped over that a little bit. Uh, there was the school sequence, which was not my favorite part of the film. Uh, I think this film really picks up in its final third. Uh, but in the school sequence, when I was making notes of like, you know, the spycraft or the tradecraft that they're actually teaching people, you know, this Metka thing comes up and I mentioned it as seeming to be like, to me, the only like really actually kind of cool thing that they taught, mm-hmm. um, which is this idea and it's a little confusing. I mean, they say they can key it to a specific person's chemistry or something, but they can they can see what what you touched in a way that um, clearly is just uh, demonstrated by using a black light. Um, and I I went digging around and I couldn't find evidence that that actually exists. Or exists in the way, but but it is part of uh, her montage uh, of how she like literally like made put all the evidence against her uncle into place so that they would know like exactly or they would think they knew exactly where he was and when in different places in the way that all feeds into her master plan. Um, again, like the author of this film uh 33 years in CIA I imagine that there's something like this existing but probably I would think like 
the version that he put in his book? Because don't we believe that like basically all ex CIA people, like if they go out and write a book, like the CIA comes out and says like, Hey, can we take a read on this real quick? Mm-hmm. We do believe that, right? Yeah. I Okay. Well, yeah. <laughs> so, so I, I believe something like this exists, but probably not in the way it's demonstrated in the film. Although while I was researching that on the internet, that's when I found out that semen, that's another thing that is famously like apparently like, you know, lit up by blacklight. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> that there were agents that used semen as secret ink. Yeah. During World <laughs> War Two. Well, we posted that article on the Facebook. <laughs> I think you found it. That I found that article. It was so that's, funny. Well, that's how I found it. Was like yeah. trying to figure out if this Metka thing was was important or not. Uh, but I applaud the movie for for bringing that to our attention and for it becoming part of her master plan. I mean, I think maybe like more realistically, she could have done it with like DNA kind of stuff. But but this is done in a way that like in movie language. You know, and you have a short amount of time and you have to visually tell the story. This really worked for me. Mm. Uh, and also Vienna was kind of weird. I'm going to mention that. <laughs> it was only uh, in there specifically for her to create the bank account. I, 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 is that is Vienna like the Russian Switzerland or something? I, I I think I think Switzerland is the Switzerland for everybody, right? Why would he have the bank in I, the the only reason she went to Vienna was specifically to make the bank account. I don't right, I don't. and and that would only make sense if she knew her uncle was going to go to Vienna, and that would only make sense if she knew that. And I don't actually know how that makes sense, but I we know that uh, Nate and Marble were going to meet in Vienna, but we were never told how she knew that. So just the timing on that Vienna was a little bit weird and a little bit of a, you know, I'll accept it for the movie. Yeah. <laughs> uh, maybe I missed something because, because we have mentioned, we have found a few things in this movie where like, when you go back and look at it, it makes way more sense than you thought it did. So it's very possible. I'm open to believing that there might be some things that we missed. Yeah right. <laughs> yeah. right. Because some yeah. of some of the clues in this movie were very subtle. So yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm I'm not a hundred percent sure that I caught everything at all. Yeah. In uh, fact, like but, even though we didn't like the warnings, I'm wondering if the uncle killed the roommate and the station head just to protect her to make her his perfect spy girl. You know what I mean? Or, I, or maybe, I, or, or just, wait, or, or maybe just because he legitimately uh, wanted to protect her as a member of his family. That's also a possibility. Might have right, been in the book, way. wasn't in the movie. Yeah, yeah, right. Yeah, that's true. That's true. Um, I'm, sh- I'm sure there's something that we might have missed or something in the book because it's uh, looking back, some, some stuff's kind of fishy. I mean, he does give her that final kiss on the cheek at, at the end, even knowing yeah. that she's absolutely destroyed him. So, uh, yeah, there, yeah, there might be, there might be some of that to it too. Yeah.
Agents please report for debriefing on this operation. The director will see you now. So we're going to take this like all our movies and TV shows. Uh, there's there's two ratings we're going to give. Well, really three. Uh, there's going to be our star rating. That's just how much we personally like the film. Uh, and then we're going to we're going to come together and collaborate on our park bench rating. And that'll be how realistic we found the film to be in its representation of tradecraft on star rating. Can you uh, tell me tell me how much you like this movie? Wonderful. Uh, it was definitely a surprise for me because uh, I I uh, when I first tried to watch it when it hit video forever ago, um, I, I couldn't make it past like ten minutes, I think, and uh, so uh, it definitely won me over. Like actually watching it, but I still think that it wasn't. It, it just was really confusing. And like, yeah, the end twist explains what's going on, but it doesn't, it still doesn't explain the tonal shifts throughout the story. Um, and uh, yeah, so I'm, I'm probably going to go with like a three and a half here because it was definitely like a surprise. And um, there's a lot about the movie that I really appreciate, you know, just as an experience. Um, but I don't, so I'm, I want to go a little above average on this but uh i definitely don't want to put it up there i don't it didn't blow me away let's just say that i'm just gonna go a tiny bit lower and just give it a a flat three yeah (laughs) um and for for much of the same reasons uh there's an underlying plot and some great twists uh like the final third of the movie is so much better than the first third uh, you know, but I've seen movies do, you know, twists before where I didn't feel as lost, uh, right. <laughs> during, during the experience. Yeah. Uh, and, and I mean, in a way that made the final twists more satisfying, but it right. didn't make up to me for the experience of, of watching the, the kind of muddle of the of the regular yeah flat three just right down the middle uh my best tradecraft of the film uh my number three best uh just the idea of framing ivan it's audastic uh it's uh, we've talked about like a lot of the ways like it could have gone wrong and maybe mm-hmm. where like j-law might have been wearing a little bit of plot armor uh, in, <laughs> yeah. in, in 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 pulling it off yeah uh but but just the notion is is fantastic and and one of the i mean it's the star of the film uh tradecraft wise number two i again i don't think i've seen uh two spies that are like instead of one just trying to play the other like they're both trying to play each other but they're also mm-hmm. Uh, signaling to each other so earnestly that they want to get in bed together again, not literally, even though they do that as well. Um, and my number one best is uh, the way she opened the 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 account in in Vienna. Uh, my my best tradecraft. My uh, number three uh, was Nate giving J Law the story when he convinces her to flip. 
Um, and he's just, yeah, I just tell him I hate my father. I have something to prove and I drink too much. Um, I think that's very important. And I don't think we see that even mentioned very often. They're just like, we're flipping you. And then they flip, you know what I mean? Uh, I, 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 I would like to believe it's much more organized when you really flip someone. So I, I kind of liked that. Uh, Number two best tradecraft was when the assassin or torture guy comes to like get information out of Nate. Um, uh, uh, Dominica basically comes and helps the torturer to like wait for opening from him. So she basically, without even batting an eye and like just stone cold, like helps torture Nate. And then when the opening presents itself, she basically like knocks out the, the assassin. Um, my number one best tradecraft uh, was not just J-Law throwing her uncle under the bus, but just the idea of the mole passing the torch, um, where this position at this high of a level is so important. Like, um, it needs to be, you know, it needs to continue, uh, like, through its ancestry or whatever. Um, and uh, we need someone new. My My time is kind of passing. And then her taking that opportunity to throw her uncle under the bus to not only put her up as a hero, but also protect the mole. And now they have two. Uh, so I, I, that, that made my number one best tradecraft. What was, what was your worst? The worst was, uh, was kind of a fun park to look through. Um, I finally landed on my worst number three being uh, her initiating sex with him was a bad idea in in that he knows she's a sparrow like if she in this situation if she initiates sex with him all of his alarm bells should go off this yeah. this person is trying to play me yeah but <laughs> but what i didn't get to mention during the episode is also she should also have known that like mm-hmm. she should also have known that it would ring all his, which it didn't because the movie is kind of dumb that way. But she also should have known that that would ring off all his alarm bells. And so she shouldn't have done it in the yeah. first place. Um, but I, I think like they, they were just like the movie's kind of on a, on a path where like, it's got to have some sex in it or, yeah. or otherwise like people are going to be wondering like, well, what was the whole point of the whole Sparrow school thing then? Yeah. <laughs> I don't know. But it just, it didn't really work for me. Uh, the way she hijacks Marta's operation on MLP uh, makes it's, it's very questionable to me that the SVR is so has so limited information about what Marta's operation is that they'll believe Dominica when she says like, Oh yeah, I was part of that operation all the time. My number one worst is when Marta gets that information that like, Oh yeah. If anybody found out about this, they would kill me. Uh, Oh, I'll just go tell my section chief and then I get killed. Uh, (laughs) I I mean, it's, it just, uh, yeah, it's bad. Marta, Marta, you you deserve better than that. Yeah. Uh, uh, so we're talking some worst. Yep. Uh, my number three worst trade craft. Um, just the park they met at. I'd like to think 
two spies at this caliber would know this is where the prostitutes and drug dealers go. So maybe don't go there because the likelihood of vice showing up is, is higher than a different place. Um, uh, even though it was cool and I, I liked how it started off the story. Uh, uh, and, and I also liked that it was real that a lot of these dark places that spies would meet would also probably be places that drug dealers meet. Um, you know, uh, so that made my number three worst trade craft. My number two worst trade craft was I thought it was too easy for Nate to convince his superiors to send him back. Um, I mean, just how all of that went down at the very beginning, I, I'm pretty sure he'd be at the top of like all of the SVRs like lists. Um, and, and just, if you see this face, we need to tell us immediately. Uh, so I, I it's, I, I think, I don't think it would be that easy and I don't think they should have sent him. Uh, my number one worst trade craft uh, was the warning um, Dominica with killing Marta and killing her station chief and then torturing her after like from their perspective that she probably was a hero. Uh, I, I, I just think that's one of the biggest reasons why people would flip. Like I, I don't think anybody's loyalty to any country is that strong where you do the right thing and then they torture you. Uh, and then, just, and then let you, and then let you back out in the field. Yeah. Right. And then just send right. you right back. Yeah. Right. I, I don't, I don't buy it. Um, anyway, uh, park benches. What are we, what are we going with? Uh, I gotta, I gotta, I definitely know my opening bit. It's 3.5. Okay. Uh, I I was gonna go with the three. Um, I uh, I I I felt that there was enough that I really liked that I definitely wanted to give it some clout, but there was enough after kind of cutting the plot apart um, that really bugged me. But um, uh, what, what do you think? What do you think can push us to the half percent? Um, you know, I I mean, uh, you know, my big comparison is Miss Sloan. Uh, whereas, whereas like the cleverness is, is there and the legitimacy is there, but I, I, I mean, uh, the, it's the fact there's more of it here. Uh, yeah. Spy game, uh, three, uh, you know, you're going into atomic blonde territory. I mean, I, I can't quibble with the three. Uh, I, I don't think I can. I don't know. I don't think I can make a strong case. Uh, one way or the other. Uh, okay. Good shepherd. That's a mm-hmm. good shepherd and departed. Those are really great examples. Do you want to put this? Do you want to slide this a little bit lower than those? I could, I could be cool with that. I I mean, looking at our three and a half, I think, I, I think they were much more consistent and realistic. Uh, but you you telling me that you felt there was more in this than some of our threes? I uh, mean, it's I'm, it's it's quantity, not quality. I'm I'm is is where I would yeah. get the point five. But I don't I don't I don't need to I don't need Quibble to harm you over it uh, at yeah, all. It's just like, to me, sneakers. I think is the perfect example. Like there was a lot of cool shit in sneakers, but it was also kind of like eh, you know. Um, uh, that's that's kind of how I feel about this. Same thing with like No Way Out. Like it, there was a lot of cool moments, but there was a lot of stuff where I was just like, eh, you know. 
Um, so that's kind of why I was starting at a three. Uh, but uh, yeah, I, I, I feel a little bit more stronger about a three talking about, cause I'm looking at um, Samurai Spy, uh, the TV Ipcrest file, right? Um, mm, see, I don't know. The Ipcrest file, the TV Ipcrest file, that feels to me like an argument for the 3.5. I could put the, I could put these on the, but I mean, we're right on the fence and I, yeah. I don't want to. I don't want to spend a lot of time on it. Um, I'm I'm not, I'm not going to go home unhappy with a setting it as a three. Uh, yeah. Do you want to, do you want to go? Let's, uh, I kind of want to put it at a three. Let's call it. All right. So there it is. Uh, red sparrow, uh, three park benches. Um, what are we doing after this? Aren't we doing the JK Simmons show? Yeah, we're gonna uh, we're gonna tackle a uh, a weird kind of science fiction show called uh, Counterpart. Just had two seasons, but uh, it's a little bit of a uh, alternate universe, maybe mm-hmm. two different universes where J.K. Simmons uh, plays a certain intelligence agent in one universe and a different one in the other. Uh, don't know a lot about it, but I just heard good things. And it also comes as a recommendation from a friend of the show, Fred Kennedy. Um, I remember reading about it and it looks really interesting. Um, and this would fall under sci-fi, right? For us, which we don't get a whole lot of. Yeah. 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 Um, I'm, yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm all aboard. I love JK Simmons and all of those pieces of information sound wonderful. All right, can you rock us out of here? I got a text message that I have to take, uh, okay. or I got a phone call that I, I have to take. Can you okay. tell the audience about uh, all the social stuff? And then don't forget to uh, ask Mora to initiate protocol nine when you're done. Yeah. Um, so uh, join us next week. And uh, if you haven't already subscribed to Spies Like Us podcast, you should be able to find it on any podcast app that you use. Um, you know, check out all our, our other stuff. And uh, if we haven't covered a show or a film that you really think, uh, what are you guys doing with your lives? Uh, you're crazy by not covering this. You can reach us, uh, go to spieslikeus.net. You can shoot us an email on the contact page, or you can tweet us, spies underscore like us, or just shoot us a line, spies like or facebook.com, spies like us podcast. Um, yeah, drop us a line, tell us how we're doing. If you like us, you hate us. Um, or if you have any suggestions for shows or movies you want us to do. Uh, and I guess that's it. We'll see you next week. And Moira, can you please initiate Protocol 9? Protocol 9 initiated. This podcast will self-destruct in 20 seconds. The preceding transmission sampled the songs Ice Cold by Audio Nautics, Enter the Party by Kevin McLeod, and sound effects from freesound.org. Attributions and links are found at spieslikeus.net. Editing by Todd Hostetler.